Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks close to the best level of the day now. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all up by 1.1%. S&P 500 index up 22 points. The Dow up 196 points. NASDAQ is up by 50 points. The S&P 500 index advancing the most in four weeks, joining in equity market gains from Japan to Europe. Tenure down 132nd, the yield there 1.75%. Gold up 190 the ounce to 1268, a gain of 0.2%. Crude oil up at $1.19 a barrel, 44.63 right now on West Texas Intermediate. That is a gain of 2.7%. I'm Charlie Palatin. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The first woman to serve as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Massachusetts, the first justice in the United States to issue an opinion legalizing same-sex marriage, and tonight she will be one of three outstanding Greater Boston leaders inducted into the Academy of Distinguished Bostonians at the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce's annual dinner. We're continuing our very special live broadcast here, Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox, and we're very pleased now to welcome to the show Chief Justice Margaret H. Marshall. Thank you, Kathleen, and thank you, Pim. So you are a South African native. You first made your mark as an anti-apartheid activist. Tell us a bit about that and how you got from South Africa to Boston. I grew up in a small, tiny uh, village in rural South Africa. My parents were not political activists, um, and I was surrounded by apartheid. And it's amazing how one doesn't see often what is happening right in front of your eyes unless it's somehow pointed out to you. At that time, uh, racism was pervasive. Uh, There were no black students allowed in my school or to own property or even in the church that I went to. Black South Africans couldn't travel in their own country. And, of course, they couldn't vote. And then came the greatest change in my life, I received a scholarship to come as a high school exchange student to the United States. In the early 1960s, President John F. Kennedy was president. That certainly ages me. Um, But it was a wonderful time, and it was here that I fell in love with the principles that have guided this great nation since its founding. Equal justice under law for all equal opportunity. I was exhilarated. I went back, Kathleen, to South Africa. I finished my college studies there, but I had had my eyes opened in the United States, and I became very active in opposing apartheid. By then, uh, Nelson Mandela and all of his uh, colleagues had been sentenced to life in prison. And again, I came from a non-political family, Um, My father was a corporate executive. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, I had a very comfortable life, but I I just couldn't tolerate what I saw going on around me any longer. And when it became unsafe for me to continue to be in South Africa, uh, I was fortunate enough to be given a scholarship to come and study uh, here in Boston at Harvard. And that's the sort of capsule story of how I got here. Take us uh, back just for a second to the year 2003, 
and yes, uh, decision, and that will help bring us to the issues related to current events surrounding North Carolina. Okay. Tell us about that decision in 2003. In 2003, um, uh, several uh, same-sex couples, they were not then married, had filed a lawsuit in the trial court in Massachusetts. The lawsuit had actually been filed seven years be- several years before, asking uh, for the court to decide under the Massachusetts Constitution that to deny them the protection and benefits of marriage was a violation of our equality provision. The Massachusetts Constitution, which is older than the United States Constitution, begins with the words, all people are born free and equal. And in essence, the plaintiffs were looking to that provision in particular to say um, that they should have the right to be married to each other. It was the first time, not the first time that a court had considered the question. Vermont had uh, faced the same question just a few years earlier. And in fact, um, a decade earlier, the Hawaii Supreme Court had ruled on a similar issue. But um, in Hawaii, the the interim judgment of the court had been uh, overturned by the legislature. And in Vermont... um, the Vermont legislature and governor had endorsed civil unions, and um, that had put an end to that court case. So this was the first time that there was a, you know, a sort of request that the court decide specifically about marriage for same-sex couples. Um, and my uh, colleagues and I on the Supreme Judicial Court, in a split decision, four to three, there are seven justices um, who sit on bank all of the time, uh, decided that the Massachusetts Constitution did, in fact, um, uh, enable same-sex couples to be married. Well, and of course, that uh, certainly opened the door. You can you, you you paved the way. You were a trailblazer with that. Uh, when you look at North Carolina, uh, we, the yes. latest news is that the U.S. Justice Department is suing North Carolina over its law regulating the bathroom choices of transgender people. They call it a violation of the Federal Civil Rights Act. They're seeking an injunction. Uh, where, if, if you were the justice weighing in on that or advising either side, how would you be breaking down the issues here? Kathleen, you know, it's difficult. Um, I, I don't know how to decide because you have to read all the briefs. But I would say this. There was some um, suggestion along the way that gender did not include sexual orientation and or transgender people. I think that has largely been put to rest by the United States Supreme Court, Justice Kennedy, in his decisions involving same-sex couples. I don't think any reasonable argument can be made anymore that somehow uh, the Equal Protection Clause and or Title VII, whichever way they're doing it, that's the uh, federal non-discrimination provision, uh, it does not cover transgender people. And I think uh, what I find strange here is, and uh, Attorney General, United States um, Attorney General uh, Loretta Lynch made this point yesterday, but I had made it before, which is it is very reminiscent of the public accommodation fights that were fought when uh, when, uh, various places excluded black Americans from going into motels or from swimming in swimming pools or from going into toilets. 
Um, I, I often wonder, and it perplexes me, what it is in our nation <laughs> that often makes toilets and access to toilets where one is fighting about, you know, basic equality rights. It seems to me that um, really I don't, I don't know of any, any study anywhere of anybody encountering difficulties uh, in using public bathrooms or bathrooms in, in places of employment. Don't forget this is places of employment as well. And yet we seem focused on that when we are somehow trying to segregate people just because of who they are, uh, you know, and that is so contrary to our long tradition in the United States. We, we do it slowly. I mean, to give full meaning to equal justice under law for all has taken us, you know, a couple of centuries, but it is clearly, uh, we've always moved um, in one direction, ultimately. We, we as a society, we ultimately do not tolerate treating anybody because of their national origin, their Japanese heritage in World War II, whatever it is, differently and asking them to be treated differently. And I think, to me, when I listen uh, to the um, discussions, and I haven't uh, reviewed, obviously, either of the complaints, but it seems to me that we are harking back to a past that we often wish we had put behind us rather than moving forward. Uh, just to uh, learn a little bit more about your thinking, uh, Chief uh, Justice, um, the uh, apparent deadlock in Washington over President Obama's nomination to fill the vacancy on the Supreme Court, Merrick Garland, Yes, what, what, what do you make of that process or, or non-process? And I'm only going to give you about uh, 30 minutes, 30 seconds. It saddens me. Um, having a, a vibrant judiciary is the foundation of what has, among other things, made ours a great, great nation. Uh, and I think it does not serve any purpose. And by the way, particularly businesses and entities who are trying to um, follow the law in the United States, to have a Supreme Court with only uh, eight justices, and they may not be able to uh, agree on fundamental questions. And so I think that it doesn't reflect well. Uh, the Senate should, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee should at least move forward, in my judgment, and the, and the matter brought to the Senate floor so that we can have all three branches of government functioning well, which is really what our democracy is all about. Well, thank you very much uh, for sharing your thoughts with us. Chief Justice Margaret H. Marshall, former Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Massachusetts, now Senior Counsel, Choate Hall and Stewart. We are broadcasting live from the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center before tonight's Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce 2016 Annual Meeting.